And we are back for another episode of The Run Duo. Whoa. I am uh, Tommy Mitchell. And I'm India Cook. What's up, everyone? Hey, everybody. I'm thinking, <laughs> what, what episode is this? I don't think I even asked you. Usually I ask India, like, what episode are we on? Because you never keep up with it. Why don't you keep up with the number of episodes? This will actually be episode number 60. Episode, wow. We got a nice yes. little round number for this episode. Great, yes, we great. are getting up there. Man, <laughs> since our last episode, so, I mean, it's like every two weeks this world changes. Like every two weeks the world yes. changes. And, mm -hmm. and this time it's not a pandemic. This time it is a social injustice. Right. Trying to get some social justice. Right. Um, you know, and I mean, it wasn't just George Floyd, because, you know, of course, everybody knows that name. They, you know, there were other African-Americans um, that have had to deal with uh, being killed, unarmed. Um, but mm -hmm. the, the George Floyd video, I think, just like a, a powder keg, just sparks everything off um, as far as protests around the nation, um, mm -hmm. I don't like to say the word riot. I like the word protest. So that's the word I'm using. Yes, um, they're two different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, protests around the nation. Um, you know, justice for, for George, uh, for Floyd, yeah. justice for Floyd, but just, just justice, um, in general, in general for mm -hmm. as far as, you know, African-Americans and, you know, uh, police brutality. Uh, right. and, and, you know, and, and to keep it kind of in the running vein, um, like on this past Sunday, mm -hmm. there was a run that you went to, India. I didn't make it down there, but I did my 8.46, which is representing the, the amount of time that that gentleman had his knee on uh, Mr. Floyd's neck, um, mm -hmm. eight minutes and 46 seconds. I did mine on my own, but you did, you went to a run down at Atlantic Station, which is here in Atlanta, Georgia. Kind of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I'll first start by saying, you know, it is definitely an injustice. And I came across a, a picture earlier today, and it said George Floyd is in a wake up, isn't a wake up call. The same alarm has been ringing since 1619. We just continue to hit snooze. And I just think that that is really just encompasses what's going on. I feel like the things that are going on in the world right now, this isn't nothing new, but I think that it's finally being a little bit more eye-opening. It is in our face. It is definitely, these are the things that are going on and the change needs to happen. And I feel like it is very unfortunate that it took a viral video and picture of a man getting his life taken for this to happen. Um, so of course, not only with COVID-19 going on, as well as the injustices that are going on in the world. Um, Shannon Baker and Kenny Boone pulled together a run in Atlantic Station. It started at the 17th Street Bridge. And we basically went through Midtown, up Peachtree, North Avenue, West Peachtree, and kind of looped back around. So we did two runs, um, two loops of that, which gave you the 8.46 miles. Now, if you couldn't do the full 8.46 miles, they said that you can do just, just the four point two three or you could have done it kind of relay style with someone else but honestly tommy the like to see so many people out what to me was amazing and i think what was even more amazing is the number of non-black individuals that were out there supporting in unity and just this just being a run for justice and equality and it just speaks volumes of how run runners in atlanta can come together at a drop of a dime so he 
um, Kenny and Shannon pulled together this race on Wednesday, the Wednesday before the Sunday that we had the run. So they pulled it together in three days um, and hundreds of people showed up. So it was just amazing how everybody could come together. And we know that there's so much more that needs to be done outside of just running the miles. Um, but I think that the fact that we could pull together and have us to be able to talk and you know, have brief conversations and talk to other people in the midst of everything that's going on, which is really good. And it was a very good piece of being able to honor his, you know, his last, you know, couple minutes of his life, which is very unfortunate, but it was good. Okay. That's good. It sounds like it was well attended, um, which is, very much is so. great. Um, and, you know, right now with that, with, you know, everything going on across the nation, I can mm -hmm. see why it would be well attended because people are, are, like I said, this is not the first time this has happened. And, right. and unfortunately, I mean, it probably is not going to be the last time something like this happened. But mm -hmm. I mean, and the is. unfortunate part, yeah, unfortunate part is that police are still being very aggressive and very um, just physically handling people in, in unnecessary ways, even through the process of some of the protests. So, of course, you know that this is something that is ongoing. And the thing about it is, is that there's a high level of racism that's going on and racism cannot be changed within a day within a week like it's going to be something that i honestly feel like it may not we may not see change in our lifetime tommy but maybe if we can continue pushing like our ancestors did and you know our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our parents did hopefully um your son and my kids at some point will not have to go through what we're going through right now in the world i mean yeah that'd be great but Kind of what I was going to say was, I mean, India, we are seeing change in our lifetime. This yes. is this is not the reaction to this by non-brown people is mm -hmm. pretty incredible to me. Yes, because just, I mean, I can't remember how long ago the Kaepernick thing was. The Kaepernick thing might it was have been 2016. 2016, mm -hmm. and he's kneeling peaceful. Right. And the backlash, and, and I'm not saying that non-brown people were that every non-brown person was doing a backlash because he was kneeling. But I would definitely say the voices yelling for him kneeling or disagreeing with his kneeling was very loud. Mm -hmm. This is a total 180 on that with corporations. Now, you know, everybody goes, oh, those are empty. These are empty apologies because where were they with Kaepernick, this, that, and the other. I always say this, and you know, my mom used to tell me this all the time, you got, you got to give people room to change. You got to give people the space to change. And regardless if they've figured out, okay, this is going to hit my bottom line if I don't support this, whatever it is, the fact that people, you know, that are disagreeing with this or being hostile and disagreeing are losing their jobs, I'm loving it. Yeah. Because that I mean, definitely, definitely did not happen. Forget when Kaepernick did it. That didn't happen in the 90s. That did not happen in the 80s. That did not happen in the 70s. Yes, and I, I'm, not a, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that there has been massive change over the years, but I think that we have to understand that, that, you know, if you think back to like MLK and all that, they had to go through a point, kind of like what we're doing now, to get to where we are right now, to be able to vote, to be able to do all of these different things that we're able to, that we're able to do, you and I right now, there's people that paved the road for us. And I feel like we have to understand that there still is better that can come out of this. Um, we just don't want it. My only concern is this falling 
the momentum dropping and then things not changing as they need to. But I do definitely agree that this is a huge deal. The entire world basically is protesting off of George Floyd and the numerous people that have passed. And mm-hmm. it it is amazing. It's not just a United States thing. There's other countries. Like it is, it is amazing how people are definitely stepping out. And I just think that we just have to ensure that we are doing our best to educate ourselves, educate each other on what racism looks like and what injustice looks like and how we as a country and as Black people, the system has never been really made for us. It is, I, I, I kind of argue back and forth with people when they say the system is broken. I definitely feel as if the system was never made for us. So it's not just, to me, it is not just the killing of our Black men but it, or Black women, whoever, because it is literally over a thousand people that have been, um, been killed at the hand of like officers over the last couple of years, literally over a thousand. Um, and it's one of those things where it is not just that, but it's just systematic racism. It is just us, systemic racism, excuse me, and just us being able to understand that there's ongoing things, you know, it's just the, the fact of just people being fearful of us in general. And I think even as Black people, we have to do our justice to educate ourselves, educate other people, ensure that we're doing what we need to do to be in a better place, because there's a lot of things that kind of our odds are stacked against us but we have to combat that true that that is definitely true and that i mean that pretty much is in a nutshell what we've always been talking about for a long Mm -hmm. long period of time i I think honestly the powers that are leading the united states right now have a lot to do with why there's so much support for this um because i think people are starting to realize it's not, you know, you could, it's not just black people who can get stepped on. Anybody can. If, if you let one person's constitutional rights uh, be stepped on, why can't yours be stepped on? And I think people are starting to realize that. And that's why we're getting such a, a overwhel- overwhelming support um, about this. Yeah. And I think, I hope that it, yes, I definitely think it's that. And I definitely hope that they're also understanding the imbalance of it happening to black and brown people versus others. And I think that that's, I I don't like to lump those in because yes, it does happen to white people. And it doesn't mean that white people are not getting killed or, you know, by the, by police officers and they're having injustice. There are some definitely, but there's an overarching amount of black and brown people that are getting that level of treatment. And it's just, it's very unfortunate. And I feel like we cannot change racism by just laws and litigations. Of course, we, you know, going out to vote and stuff is important, but I feel like racism, racism is not something that you're born with. That's taught to you. And I feel like that just really has to be something that has to be changed from the heart. And we as individuals have to continue, continue to do that and also show that, you know, we are not bad people. Not every Black person is bad and not every white person is racist. And I think we have to really sit back and understand kind of what stance do we take and how are we perpetuating, perpetuating the, the, what's the word, the stereotype of what people see us as. And I just, I just know for me, um, living in Atlanta, Georgia, I have been called the N-word recently when I say recent within the last couple of years, like I have been called that to my face and it's not something that I 
of course, didn't get angry. It was one of those to be expected because um, I do live in the South and it was, you know, from another female, a white female. Um, and it's not something that I, I you talk didn't give about. It that often. Smoke. Indian? Did I give it a smoke? You didn't give it a smoke. I was at, I was at work. Oh, so, okay. Yes, I was at work. So, I mean, at that time I needed my job. Um, and it was, it was actually, just to give a little more detail, I was working as a makeup artist at a major department store here in Atlanta, actually in, at the Belk at the Forum is where I was. Mm -hmm. And it was, an, it was a lady that came to get her makeup done. And I was the makeup artist that was available. And she was like, I, re I refuse to have that nigger touch my face. Mm. So, and it was very direct. I was standing, like, it was, I was right there. So it wasn't like she, there was no quietness to what she said. So, of course, she waited, and she had to wait some time to get her stuff done. And I was, you know, obviously one of the top makeup artists. But at, but at the time, I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to fight you about that. And it was one of those things where I had to swallow it. And I didn't want to give her that smoke at the time because I was at my job. And, that you know, if I would have reacted the way that I felt in the inside, she would have won. And she, I probably would have lost my job because just the, the circumstances of the situation, I probably would have been the one that looked bad. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that that's the most recent time. That's not the one and only time, but that's the most recent time. So I don't think that it's it's something that we have to continue to communicate and have the conversations about. and she I don't know if she's having a bad day but I think when you when you are able to form those type of things and call call people that that's something that's instilled in you not saying that she can't change because I feel like people can change they can unlearn things but it's very unfortunate well now in that case because you know there's been a whole lot of people say one thing everybody jumps on them because you know social media and then they mm -hmm. come back and say something else mm -hmm. just for an example Drew Brees I'll mm -hmm. give Drew Brees space to change. Because mm -mm. in, in general, what do you mean, uh-uh? What has Drew Brees done to make you think he, does, he can't be, he can't change? I don't say, I'm not saying that he can't change. Mm -hmm. I, what I was saying uh-uh to was the fact that he said what he said and that he tried to come back with an apology. I feel like he could have kept his apology. That was Yeah, my, that's and, my and, and my thing is, if you think like that, this is never going to change. We all have to listen for this to change. We can't sit back and go, well, he said he loves the flag. It, it, now, now my, my point was, I was getting to, I give Drew Brees room to change. I, I honestly had no problem with what he said. He's proud of his ancestors. They fought for the flag. He don't understand. And his teammates got with him to make him understand. And he actually listened and tries to understand. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I don't know this guy's name. He was uh, on the board of the... Naval Academy. He's a former Naval Admiral. I don't know what he was. But apparently, him and his wife were sitting on the couch, and somehow he hits the live for his Facebook, and he's broadcasting from his house as him and his wife are sitting on the couch watching the, the protest. And they going in. They calling in words. They saying fucking stupid and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they figure out they were live, they cut it off. Now, him, I got no space for you. Because mm -hmm. you got caught out being who you really are. I got no space for you. It wasn't like, you know, you said something and you were actually trying to talk to what's going on. You were just sitting on the couch talking shit with your wife 
and got caught, you know, calling people the N-word. Yeah. Uh, and now you're going to apologize and say, I I'm, I'm so overwrought with what, what, I, what I said and da-da-da. Dude, if you hadn't got caught, you wouldn't have cared about what you said. But now so you're my, caught. Yeah. And now you're off. The, you're no longer on the board for the Naval Academy. Now you want to apologize. That's yeah. the difference my, with me. Definitely. I, I totally agree with that. My thing is, I, I definitely have the heart for people to change. I do think that people can change. Mm -hmm. However, I also feel that some, sometimes people, potentially Drew Brees, that are saying these comments are, they could be muting what they may say behind closed doors, if, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So I feel like some of these people that are coming out and saying certain things and it just doesn't make sense, or even individuals that are like, we'll get into the whole conversation of all lives matter, but it's just one of those things where I, I feel like their feelings and their conversation behind closed doors when it's not a black or brown person there or when a, a microphone is not in their face interviewing them, their, their topic is very different. Their, the way that they talk about us is very different. The way that they talk about their teammates may be very different. And that's what I have a concern with is because you, I feel like you can look and see, you can talk to certain people and you'd be like, okay, you, you don't get it. And it's one thing because I think a lot of us don't get it. A lot of people don't get it. Even as black people, we don't get it all. Even as white people, they don't get it all. And it's not for them to get everything because it's a whole hundreds of years worth of history that comes along with racism and why we were in a, we are in a place that we're in today. But I do agree that, you know, people can change and I hope that things, things do change because the unfortunate part about it, that young, that guy that you were just talking about, if he has children in that house, he's probably teaching them the same thing. And that's how the cycle is continuing to, to, to be. And it's continuing to cycle through is because kids are learning the same thing that their parents are, are saying and doing, and it just continues to go on and on and on instead of being open-minded and understanding what needs to be different. Mm hmm. Yeah, that that is correct. Um, and then the like the guy that um, got caught on video attacking those little white girls, mm -hmm. putting up the stuff and then he want to come with the apology. See, people right. like that. I'm like, dude, you got caught out being who you really are. And it's stuff like that that makes you con that makes me concerned. And I, like like I, I have posted on my social media. I don't feel like all white people are like that, but we mm -hmm. have been getting some very adamant examples as to how people portray one way, but then they're doing something totally different. And yeah. it, 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 it can make you very concerned. And so, I mean, for our, our, our white listeners and allies, like we're not, we don't hate you, but when we get people, when we see people doing these things that should be in a particular leadership or power or even just individuals in general it does make you question it does make you question who you can trust and who you can open up to but i just hope that that is a very minuscule part of the population and we just need to do what we need what we have to do as as black and brown people and to to kind of overcome those things and i just really feel like honestly I know prior to becoming a podcast host on this on this channel with you Tommy for me I was I was doing blogging I was blogging my 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 journey to becoming a a marathoner and a portion of me doing that was because I could not go on social media 
very often or go on YouTube or go on, listen to other podcasts and find people that look like me. And so I said, well, obviously there's a lapse in that. So I need to see what I can do to put myself out there to give a better example that people that are black and brown are doing things in running community. We are doing athletic things. We are doing good things. We are doing things that are to be celebrated. And I just feel like that is my contribution to this process is to not only educate myself, but also to do what I can to do what racist people don't want black people to be doing. And that's to have businesses, be great, spreading good words, staying healthy and fit. Those are things that racist people don't want to see us do at all. They would like us to just not be doing anything, eating, you know, eating crappy all the time, not staying fit, not getting out here having businesses. That's what they want. And that's not every white person, but there's a population of white people that are racist that don't want us to see us succeed. And so if we do the opposite of that, we are still, we are winning in a, in a particular way. Well, I mean, when I was doing uh, the podcast before this one, Shut Up Tommy, it was, I wasn't trying to show anybody of any other race, anything. Honestly, I was really just enjoying being able to talk to other runners of my color and right. talk running. And, and I mean, you know, I am, I don't know how, you know, white people do things or, you know, if, if they feel that connection when they see other white people but you know mm -hmm. with with black people when we see other black people we have a connection if you yeah. might not have ever said anything mm -hmm. to him never met him in your life but mm -hmm. you have connection and don't get me twisted we got problems between us too we can we right, right, right. you know but you can meet another black person just for an example when i this is years ago i went to greece um and with uh, with a young lady and, you know, we were, just to kind of verify how few black people there are in Greece, mm -hmm. they thought I was some kind of famous soccer player. Right. And mm -hmm. I mean, and um, I, other people, I've, other African-Americans I've met have been to Greece, they were like, yeah, they thought I was Diddy. Or, you know, mm -hmm. that's how few black people are. So whenever they see a black person, they assume this must be a famous black person if they're right. in Greece. Mm -hmm. But thousands of miles from Atlanta, we run into this couple from Chicago and I mean, if you would have seen us in the lobby of the Marriott in Athens, when we mm -hmm. saw each other, you would have thought we were related, like long lost cousins. All right. And we connected. You know, we were like, hey, what y'all, oh, what's up? You know, da, da, da. But anyway, I say that to say because that's the reason I like doing my podcast and talking to African-American runners, because I hardly ever heard anybody talk to African-American runners that weren't, well, not African-American runners. They were usually African runners if I heard anybody. And that's my point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, so that's why I loved doing it. That was more of it than anything else. I wasn't trying to show anything in anybody. I just wanted to talk to other African-American runners and talk about their journey because I, I'm not that person that thinks that black and white people are so different. But when you have knowledge of somebody else's upbringing, it, you know, when you have that, you, you're kind of familiar with their upbringing, because we can probably talk about our upbringing and have a lot of similarities. A lot of stuff that happened in your house probably happened in my house that maybe uh, someone who's not African-American might not relate to. And I think that has a, that was one of the another reasons I really liked it because I like that, that natural feeling of being familiar with this person. 
Yeah, and I totally agree. And I think for me, it's uh, along with what you just said, it is also more so, and I think what I heard you say, and maybe we just worded in a different mm -hmm. way, but there's less platforms that give us the ability for black and brown people, us being black and brown people, to have the ability to show their greatness. And that's how, that's what I feel. Mm -hmm. I feel like there are less podcasts, there's less vlogs, there's less sponsored athletes there's less like and more so in the running world that are african-american of course they're interviewing your you know individuals that are from elites. africa and yeah. you know the elites that are the front line but i think that for individuals that may not be elites and cutting big checks from big sponsors there are individuals that are still doing great things and they still deserve that spotlight and i think that there's less running podcasts out that are interviewing those people and I feel like you and I do a pretty good job on trying to find those people that are doing great things that deserve a platform to for their their stories to be heard mm -hmm. for their journeys to be heard and even though yes there could be some similarities between us there are there are similarities between us and white people there still are separate to me more differences and how we matriculate through a race and how how our journeys go can be very different and i just feel like it's important to do so that doesn't mean that we don't include we've invite we've interviewed white people on our podcast like that is mm -hmm. not that's definitely not our our mission but i think that we want to ensure that there is that a platform is there for everyone and you know more specifically we want to connect with people and for people that we know that are black and brown that are doing awesome things they should be heard true yeah they most definitely most definitely i agree with that wholeheartedly yes and so i think that that's you know kind of one of the big things and i i know for me um so i for everyone that's been listening for a while i am an ambassador for several different brands um and one of my and I'll just be honest, one of my biggest things last year before I became ambassador was I said, okay, I want to be able to be heard. I want to be able to connect with people that don't look like me um, because that is not my own bubble, meaning I don't want to stay in my own circle. Um, if you look at my social media and most, a lot of people that I know, a lot of my friends, they look like me, but I do mm -hmm. have you know, other friends as well but I felt like there was a part of the running world that I don't know, even outside of Atlanta. So I said, well, how can I branch out even outside of Atlanta to have better connections, get to know people? And in the change of it, I saw a lot of companies that did not have a lot of, um, a lot of brown, black and brown um, ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I feel like if, if we're gonna have a concern with how companies are doing, and if we want to have more of a spotlight or a seat at the table, we have to take that initiative to do that and see if the, if these companies are willing to have more. And, and, and I think on the flip side of it, I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, why aren't the companies reaching out? And I think that if, if the, some of these companies don't have Black people on their boards, their leadership teams and things of that nature, they don't know how to and they don't know even where to start and that's not an escape goal for them but i think we also have to put ourselves in those in the in our in the positions to be able to do so so for me i wanted to kind of be a start into seeing more of us 
in some of these these positions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I even said that for uh, one of the biggest was Atlanta, I'll just say Atlanta Track Club. Like, I feel like Atlanta Track Club can be more, be a little bit more diverse. So my goal was, you know, one of the things was to, to allow my voice to be heard and to be there and to communicate. Because at the end of the day, I could bring something different than the 50 other white people that may be there. And that's not in a negative way, but maybe I just have a different experience. Maybe I can tap into a different level of, of people or bring a different audience to Atlanta Track Club that may not already be there. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, could be something that they were missing. So of course, when this, all of the, all of the majority of the brands over the last two weeks have been launching statements and sending out emails and saying all these things, I literally was stalking all of my ambassador, um, ambassadorships because ambassadorships brands, because I'm like, I also in, in the, in the same breath of wanting to be, have a seat at the table. I also don't want to be representing brands that don't feel the same way that I do in regards to black lives matter. I do not want to continue repping brands that, um, take the stance and I'm just going to be of all lives matter because until mm -hmm. black lives matter, all lives don't matter, you know? So I think for me, it's one of those things where I really was looking to see what was being said, but then I also had to be patient within ex of receiving those responses because I also acknowledge that there are a lot of all, all white people on some of the boards and leadership and all that on some of these brands. And so they really, people really just don't know what to say. And I think right. that there's been so many different people that have been eaten alive for putting out a statement, maybe prematurely, who knows, but putting out a statement and it's just not worded right, according to us. And it could totally kill your brand. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, well, they waited this long to make a statement or so-and-so took two, it took two weeks for them to say something. It's like, you know what? They may have. They may have, but it's not just a statement. It's not just a post. It's not just a post on social media. I think we really have to be looking at these brands and seeing what they're doing behind the scenes to change their diversity and inclusion with their companies, with their ambassadorships, with their sponsorships, with their athletes, all of that. Because I've definitely seen some companies that were not diverse and they've kind of said all lives matter and they just kind of left it at that just to say something. But I think we're in a different time right now. And I feel like we really still have to hold companies um, accountable. And that includes, can, can black, are black people in your leadership board? Are they on the board in general? Are they in leadership positions at your company? Because I feel like if there are more black people in some of those positions, there would be an availability for that black person to have stood up and said, okay, maybe we should add this to the statement. Maybe we should do this. And maybe a statement could have been pumped out quicker. And that's just an example. There's several other things that could, could be done, but that's just an example. So I said all that to say, we have to be cognizant as individuals to ensure that we are um, 
and I'm sorry, my Alexa is talking in the background. <laughs> we have to ensure <laughs> as individuals that we're doing our justice and not supporting brands that don't align with your morals and, and what you feel. And because at the end of the day that we could be giving them service and they really don't respect us as the individual and they're only taking money about out of our pockets. Um, yeah. And so I feel like we have to be cognizant of that. We have to be cognizant of the brands that we're supporting, brands that we're going to, and even, and even what we are purchasing and buying. And it's not that we don't want to buy from Caucasian companies, but if these Caucasian or white companies are not aligned with respecting us as black people, why should we be giving them our dollar? Um, and I just think that that's where all of the publicity of ensuring that they're Black-owned companies, Black-owned hair supply, Black-owned this, Black-owned that, that's why there's a huge push on that right now. And that's also one of the reasons why I made the the template that I did last week of black running podcasts. Like we just, if, if we're going to be on this mode of supporting things that are black and we want other people to hear us, we want, we want people other than black and brown people to hear us so that you can hear our story. Why not allow you all to see kind of who is doing what, who, who is, who is out here doing the work and that's including us and everybody else. So I know I just went on a long rant, but. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> talking about, you know, Black-owned businesses, that, that, I mean, that is something I've been hearing since I was at Howard. I mean, that, yeah. that is, you know, how many times is a dollar, you know, I think this is one that everybody talks about. How many times does a Black dollar go to the Black community once? And right. it's out. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, in the Jewish community, I forgot how many times, but like goes round and round in the Jewish community. Because they keep it in, Jewish, yeah. Jewish people keep it in their community. And I heard that just, somebody did a post the other day of why you know jews are not being killed often or you know we're not seeing a lot of that and that's because they hold up our economy because they have so many businesses so and i think that that's the point of keeping we have to ensure that we're keeping money in a in a cycle like you were about to say. well i mean what the the jewish community does a lot of times is what they do is they go into an area and I don't, I don't like to use the word take over because it sound, that's a bad connotation. That's not what I mean. They go into the area, they move in, they get on the city council, um, mm -hmm. they open up businesses. And mm -hmm. so they have control of mm -hmm. what happens in that community. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in, in, you know, African-Americans, you know, a lot of people talk about Atlanta, you know, being, you know, hey, Atlanta, we Wakanda. We're not Wakanda, unfortunately. Um, mm -hmm. We, we do have a, you know, an African-American mayor and Miss Bottoms, my hat's off to you, lady. You've been doing Yeah, she's doing uh, an awesome job. <laughs> yeah, she, she's doing an awesome job. Um, and I'm mad I don't live in Atlanta anymore. I can't vote for, you know, the mayor like I did for so many years. But, um, you know, we do have a, a, an African-American mayor and most of our city council is African-American. But beyond that, we, we it kind of trickles off where we don't really have the, I mean, I guess Atlanta probably has the most African-American businesses probably in any place else, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure if we're supporting them right. You know what I mean? We're not. We're not. <coughs> and there's companies that, I think we, you okay? Yeah, I got a little cough. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we, there are companies that I think we think are black owned that are not, that we're yeah. supporting heavily, heavily. I think that we also need to be cognizant of Cause I, and I'll just put, I'm guilty of this. I know that I went to support a black owned company 
Mm-hmm. And I got crappy customer service. Uh-huh. And the first thing, the first thing I would say was, "That's why I don't support black business." This why I don't support black people. And that is something that, as a black person, I have to check myself. So this process of injustice and this heightened awareness of injustice and understanding what's going on right now and processing these feelings and emotions that are going on, it's not just a learning process. For, for white people or people that are not black. This is mm-hmm. a learning process for us as well. So I think for me over the last two weeks is really been trying to learn what am I doing wrong as a black person to perpetuate these stereotypes that white people or other, other individuals see of us. So that is an example of one. So instead, I know when we go to non-black owned restaurants or and we get bad customer service, what do we do? We're calling corporate and we getting that we're getting that coupon or that gift card and we're gonna go right back to that business and still pour money into it. Instead, with, with black owned business, we're like, see, this is why we don't do it, and we go and give we go and go to give our money elsewhere. But instead, what should we should be doing is communicating with the manager and and trying to give them you know, options in time. And I think that as black people that have black owned businesses, we need to ensure that we're stepping up our customer service so that we don't have those level of complications. Because I think, unfortunately, that is something that as black people, we're, we're seen as having bad customer service or can't do this or can't do that, or you're not going to do this, or it's more expensive or this is that and the other. But it's like, if we're going to keep our dollar in our community, we have to think different and change the narrative. True. Um, yeah, I, like you said, yeah, because I, I, I have done the same thing. I honestly, I'm I'm not a complainer type person. If I go to a restaurant and you give me bad service, I'm just not coming back. You probably go, y'all probably won't say nothing while I'm there. You'll never see me again. That's how Brexit yeah, is, but I complain. Yeah, I'm <laughs> black, black or white business. I don't care. Okay, mm-hmm. thanks, but you you I, you just won't see me no more. Um, right. Now I was listening because of course there's all kinds of stuff on social media. Right. I'm not a huge social media person. I, you know, social media, I, I got good and bad on it. But um, I've heard a lot of stuff on social media. Uh, I did hear, and I wish I would have written down what this, who this guy was. I don't know who he was affiliated with, but he was breaking down a plan of what we need to do. And one of his things was, and I didn't agree with everything he was saying, but one of his things was. Was he, as, was he dark skin, bald head guy? Yeah. Yeah, I, I listened to that one too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so some of it I liked, some of it I didn't. Which, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, as a human being, that's what I'm supposed to do. Make, make up mm-hmm. my own mind. Don't be a sheep. Um, but I did like, because he said exactly what you said. We don't need to just go to black men's and when we have bad service, oh, that's why I don't serve black men. Just mm-hmm. talk to the people about it. And I, I did mm-hmm. like that about it. Also, mm-hmm. this is one that I heard on, it's called uh, The Cut or In The Cut. Um, it's a podcast I listen to. I call it a barbershop style podcast because it's just mm-hmm. it's it's three guys and a young lady, African American, and they just talk about stuff like they at the barbershop, basically. You know, how, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how they do it at the beauty salon, but at the barbershop, dudes just talk about all kinds of stuff. Right. So um, they were just sitting and talking, but of course they were talking about all of this. And this one guy was like, "What we need to do is every black person needs to go get." Uh, a concealed license, a, a, a license to carry a concealed weapon. He didn't say, yeah. he said, you don't gotta go, buy, you ain't gotta go buy the gun. Right. Just get the license. Cause he mm-hmm. said, trust me, things will change if they see that goes up like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's actually a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. But I've always talked about going to get a gun, especially now. But right. um, I thought that was a good idea. And then this other guy came up on the show. He was talking about how do we stop? Cause this is, this is, 
the symptom that we're trying to get rid of right now. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, India, you cannot legislate out racism. You can't. There's nothing you, you, you can put all the laws you want. You can set up laws to where people <coughs> that are racist are not doing, are not able to get away with certain things and justice can be served. Like, for instance, ensuring that we're putting in laws that police officers can't do certain things and, you know, things like that. But you can't yeah. stop that, that yeah. racist police officer from being racist. Exactly. You can't legislate, but you can legislate the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And that's what br- 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 I'm sorry, police brutality is. It's a symptom of racism. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, well, how about we make the police officers get their own insurance policies? Because, you know, when we sue the police, where that money comes from, who's paying it? It's not mm-hmm. the police officer. It's, mm-hmm. it's the government having to pay. It. And that's where they're talking about defunding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. they... Um, and that's all has to do with the police union and why it's set up like that. But he was like, how about we get the police to get their, make them get their own insurance. Mm-hmm. And that's what pays for it. And at first I liked it. It's been in the insurance industry. I was like, okay, that might not be. Then I was like, but you know what? You do that and all you're going to get is a bunch of fraud. People, mm-hmm. you know, claiming police brutality that actually aren't getting police brutality. And I think you're just going to fill up the courts. So it was a decent, but it's definitely, it's called In the Cut. I definitely would recommend you guys go listen to okay. it. They, they actually have some really good conversations. And I also like it because there's different outlooks. Not, I mean, as far as, you know, men, and then they have a, you know, a young lady that's on there. Um, I think they're all college educated. I'm not positive. They sound, you know, from what they, you know, when I hear them talking. But the thing I feel like African-Americans, Black people, we need to do we need to talk to each other too. We don't just yeah. need to talk to, just cause you, you know, you college educated and you have a, a great big job. You need to talk to the brother on the corner. Mm-hmm. We need to, because we all have different experiences just cause, you know, we have the familiarity. We might all have that kind of upbringing. We've all had the aunt that got the switch. We all got that. But as you get older, we all start to get different experiences. Cause this guy on the corner, he may not feel like he can get off that corner. Whereas the and guy think, with the oh college education mm-hmm. feels like, why can't you get off the corner? Look what I do. You can get off the corner. Right. But and when I you think, say it to someone like that, that has never had anything different or were never taught anything different, it's not that easy. Exactly. I was, having, I was having that conversation with Braxton this weekend is we have to do our own part with educating ourselves so that we can also educate others, you know, white people and anyone else about why things are the way that they are. Because I know for me, I'm tired of hearing people say, well, I see educated black people. I see wealthy black people. I see, you know, black people with this and nice cars and this and that and the other. But my thing is that we have to work a thousand times harder to get in those positions. And that's why I say there's a level of systematic, you know, systemic issues that are going on. But the other piece to it is we also have to help our brothers and our sisters. We have to find out kind of we have to figure out where their thought process is because if you grew up your and your parents were you mentioned drugs if your parents were drug dealers and all you knew was that your money came from the corner and all you knew that as long as I did this I could have a couple thousand stash and I can also take care of my family if you didn't know any better and no one taught you any better that's what you're going to do and it's a forever cycle and it doesn't mean that some people didn't break out of that that cycle but there are a large number of people that just are not not 
talked different. And those are the people that we need to be reaching out to, people that are different than that. We need to be reaching out to them to show them different ways and help them to get into a different way. So it's not just, we do have a lot of internal work to also be doing to help everyone. Like mm -hmm. in excuse me, in general, like we we have a lot of help to be to to be given. And I think something that I think about is um I kind of go back to the high school that I grew up in. So I'm I'm born and raised here in Atlanta. I grew up in Stone Mountain, which is a uh predominantly black neighborhood. Was it when you went to high school? Was it black then too? Yes. However, okay. however, Tommy, it was black middle class. So it was very different than what it is considered now. So now it's considered a lot of uh, housing assistance and stuff in those areas versus when I was there, it was middle class. So we, my school, I used to get picked on for my parents living, being kind of well off considered at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I was very different. So I know I didn't live, um, I don't know, or I didn't live in, without having other projects or anything like that. So my story is different, but that doesn't mean that it's not different as a black person. But I just set off that to say is that I feel like I need to do my service to be able to go back into that community and help those ladies or men that may be seeing a different level or lifestyle to help them to become better and to give them a, a different wealth of knowledge because it is a different community over there right now. Yeah. And it's just something that if we don't give back to our community and what we're doing, if we don't support the black businesses that we have, if we don't some support the people that are trying to have um, different avenues of entrepreneurship and things of that nature, we're going to continue to be down. We have enough people in the world trying to knock us down. If we don't support each other, we're going to continue to be in this place. Oh yeah. I'm about to, I'm probably going to drive, drive cross town to get my mm -hmm. barbecue this weekend, but I'm going to. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just what you got to do. And that's what I'm going to go. That's what I'm going to do uh, from, yeah. from here on out where I can. I mean, you know, there are just some industries that we just don't have enough, um, yes. you know, grocery stores. I don't know. And that was mentioned. So yeah. grocery stores, but I think that there, there are, um, there are independent stores, there's different food prep companies that are black owned. Like there, there's a lot that I don't think that we realize that we just don't know. And I'm really trying to, I'm looking at all the lists, I'm compiling them together. Something that was very surprising to me today was hair care products that I saw on a list today. Uh -huh. And it was hair care products that I thought were black owned that were no, that were not, or that are not black owned. So like Cantu, Cantu, I don't know if you're familiar with Cantu. It's a natural hair product that usually is used. That's not Black-owned. Um, Carol's daughter is no longer Black-owned. It was previously yeah. Black-owned and sold to L'Oreal. Mm -hmm. So it's just certain, certain things that I think as, as individuals and as Black people, we really buy into. And But there's other people that, there are Black people out here that are doing great things and have great product and we can purchase within, you know, within that. And there's also amazing restaurants. And of course, as a culture with Black people, there's healthy restaurants, there's vegan, there's those things, but we also have to step up our level of, of food understanding and healthiness on some of those restaurants, but it can be done. Yeah, mo most definitely. Um, mm -hmm. I will speak to, and we kind of got off of, you know, giving people room to change. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you know, have you, have you ever heard of the OK Cafe? I feel like I have. Man. But I haven't been. Dude, I, 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 you know, I think I might have got some soup from there one time. A lot of African-American people work there. Okay. 
So they put up a sign. They're, they're heading up 75 North. They're still inside the perimeter, but they're heading up 75 North. Um, and um, they, you know, they have really good food. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I've had their soup and I didn't, I'd never really heard of them, but somebody I was dating at the time, she loved their soup. So we would go and get it. Good service. Like I said, a lot of African-Americans, I guarantee I'll never go in that fool again. They put up a sign. It, there was a, a protest mm-hmm. that was being staged in the parking lot where their restaurant is. Mm-hmm. They purposely put up a sign that said, it didn't say all lives matter. It said something to the effect of lives matter that are positive, something ridiculous. Okay. And then I saw a picture. Now, I can't confirm if this was during the time that the protest was getting set up. There was a picture of a booth outside of it that said the OK Cafe Tea Party. Mm. Okay. So mm. there, was a black, there was a backlash, of course. Yes. The, uh, the news went out there to talk to, and, and unfortunately, I was at Burger King at the time when I was watching this, so I missed part of it. So I don't know who this woman was. I'm assuming she got to be somebody in control. They letting her talk. This, this uh, Southern Belle. Um, and she basically said, if you don't agree with us, first she said, well, we're just regular people. That's what she said. But then she says, well, you know, if you don't agree with us, you probably don't want to eat here because you're not going to like it. We want to feed you. Basically, you're saying you want our money, but we're going to call you, you know, whatever we want to. Yeah, that's basically what she said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would never go there again. Um, when you go out of your way to do stuff like that, mm-hmm. okay, you don't want my business, that's cool. What's crazy is that place, I do remember this, they did burn down at one time. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the waiters were out of business and so many people from the community helped out. And I'm just like, you know, that's, that's that baloney right there uh, is what I'm going to call it right there. Um, you know, helped out, but you, you seem to think that you, nobody else should matter, but your opinion. Right. You know, so. And it's, it's that type. It is, it is those type of people that continue to perpetuate the cycle and that, that, are a part of the problem. They are the problem. Like people that think like that are why we were, we a part of why we are where we are today. So yes. people that assume that, you know, we, we're going to do whatever we want to do. You can still give us our money. We're going to still do it. Give us your money. You can still, we can still do it. People that just assume that everybody's life can just change tomorrow with, you know, that's not the case that they were taught any different where they weren't taught any different, like people that have this small thought process of what the world looks like. And also people that just feel like racism doesn't exist or even people that feel like, well, I've never done anything racist. I think the biggest thing that I've been enjoying is seeing examples of what racism is and people really being being like, you know what, I've done that. And it, whether it was subconscious or subconscious, like, I think that everyone has had their, not everyone, but I feel like there are a lot of people that have had their bout with racism and said something that may have been out of line. And I just think we just have to really continue to, and I'm glad that news went out to that restaurant, really figure out like those places like that, they shouldn't get business at all. Like yeah. whether it be black dollar, a black dollar or white dollar or whatever dollar, it shouldn't be getting business at all. Because if you're running a business like that and you're trying to 
feed us. We never know what you're doing over there. <laughs> so exactly. they shouldn't be getting business at all. But yeah, I definitely think that those type places need to be called out because that's just not, it's not good at all. It's exactly. not good business. It's and, not and, good business. And I'm not a person that throws racists around. Um, right. I don't throw that word. Not because I don't think there's a bunch of racists out there, mainly because it's, it, 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 it lowers the bar for that word and it shouldn't be that low because my father, um, who was born in 1920, dealt with like racist, like racist, right? Like people who could not stand that you had a car if you mm-hmm. were an African American. Not a nice car, a car. If you mm-hmm. you know, that kind of, you know, they, they want to lynch you because you have a good job and they cannot stand. That's, that's that deep hate racist. And that's why I don't like to lower the bar for, for that word. Because some people, like you said, they don't even, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. They don't feel they're doing anything wrong. And it has a lot to do with their exposure. I see yeah, it, and I, yeah. I no, I get it. it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I see it constantly at, at, I'm about to say, at my job. I see it constantly mm-hmm. at my job <laughs> because my job is originally from an area. Their home office is from an area where I'm sure there's not a whole lot of us. Right. And now they've opened up these, these hubs in these cities where there mm-hmm. is a lot of us, especially here. Mm-hmm. And I can see, like, I don't see it as much because they've been here a while now and that transition of, people of color is moving up in the company mm-hmm. is happening. So you're getting a lot of people who are from this area um, that are in leadership positions. But I do recall like they just were not used to us. They just a quick example. So one day I'm in the lunchroom and I'm this girl, cause there's a lot of uh, people at my job this is their first corporate job. Like they've never had a corporate job in their lives. So we get a lot of people in our, our training, in our um, people who do just uh, basic claim work, like take the actual information. This is the first time they've ever worked in a corporate office. This young lady brought in her lunch on a plate, like a, an actual China plate. Mm-hmm. And she put saran wrap over it. And, it, and you know, I looked at it, it did, I didn't think anything of it. But I will never forget this white dude was like, why does she have a China plate? And I mean, I was like, what? first off, what the fuck does it matter that she has a China plate? What does that mean? But mm-hmm. then I just, it, it, then I, it, it hit me like, probably because nobody in her house actually has ever worked at a corporate office. They've never probably had to bring lunch mm-hmm. anywhere. They don't know that they need to go get, you know, the little bag. Yeah, the little mm-hmm. to-go stuff and stuff like that. But the white guy. Or maybe she just don't like plastic. (laughs) Dude, I mean, maybe so. I don't know. But my thing was because I'm pretty sure the first time I had to bring lunch, I don't know if it was on China, but I guarantee it wasn't some some cool little lunch kit. No. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that that, that most people have nowadays. Um, But that's just a small example, but just many things. The The way some of the people dress that I look oh. at it and go, it's just casual attire. They look at it, oh, is he going to the club? What are you talking about? He just wearing, he's wearing shirt and slacks. So the color right. isn't toned down like your beige whole outfit. But right. but that's the kind of stuff, honestly, in, in corporate America, that will keep you from getting it promoted. People see yeah. that and they go, oh, they, they, you know, they, don't, they don't know what they're doing. 
or they're too green to be promoted to this certain thing. And that has but a lot think, to do with it. Yeah, but I think those are the type things as black people, we have been conditioned to conform to those type of corporate America expectations, right? So then I'll give you an example. Like for instance, wearing a black woman wearing her hair out natural mm-hmm. to an interview. That hasn't that has only been recent that some com- some companies, and I'm doing air quotes, mm-hmm. some company companies have been accepting that. Whereas I know when I was coming up, it was girl, you better go press that hair out, make it nicely get you a perm whatever it needs to be mm-hmm. to go into that interview because going in there with plaits or braids or a fro was unacceptable because you knew you may not get that job and I think as black people we have we're so used to being conditioned to having to change and conform to those type of changes and those type of expectations for us but it's not right but I think we go on day by day changing ourselves maneuvering ourselves and even when it comes to running like not running at certain times of the day making sure we're we have on something bright making sure we're doing this making sure we're speaking eloquently because if you saying slang and stuff they gonna they go they're not gonna take you serious you know there's things that we feel like that we have to do that i think we need to ensure that we are bringing attention to people other than black and brown people to understand Yes, we're doing these things, but we shouldn't have to. And I guess that's my issue with it, is that we shouldn't have to go over and beyond to do that because we are still individuals. And we are, you know, I, I think I read something the other day, like the amount of stuff that we have to dumb down, the, the censored person that you are in your workplace compared to what you are at home is unreal. And as a Black person, I think it's so much more. Like the way that we have to be at work versus who we really are at home is very different. And I understand there's professionalism versus not professional. Mm -hmm. But just being who you are, what you would be comfortable doing, we can't do that in, in, in the real world. We just can't. And that's what I feel like I hope that my kids and Trey when he gets older like won't have to deal with as much that there is a more understanding that culture is culture and we are who we are and we can still do great things. Yeah, you know, it's funny, I just saw a living single about that that topic, but it wasn't about, um, you know, the show I'm talking about, right? Because I've been yes. watching all black shows lately. Did, um, you, did you ask me if I knew what living single is? You're not that much older than me, Tommy. You I don't know if you know. If, you know I know you know. what living single is. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. But anyway, <laughs> it wasn't about um, one of the young ladies having natural hair, because, uh, uh, you know, it was about Carl Barker. Um, mm-hmm. the, the gentleman with the, uh, he has the, the crazy hair. I don't want to say crazy, but you know, it's, it's on top of his head. And right. it was talking about him cutting his hair so that mm-hmm. he could become a partner at his law firm. So it's funny right. that you actually said that. And I just saw mm-hmm. that the other day. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I remember when you couldn't have a goatee as a black man. Yeah, and you now it's like, now there's this whole beer game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. You, oh no, you got to cut that off. You can't go there. Yeah, so I definitely think change has happened, I'm, and I don't mm-hmm. want to minimize that. I think change has happened. It's happened it, because it, it, it's it, more it, of us in leadership roles. That's why it's happening. I mean, yeah, to be it's honest, slower, it's not that anybody's know, changing. It's just mm-hmm. that we have African Americans in leadership roles that understand once again that they're familiar. This is not. Right. This is not something new. You wearing a bright yeah. color, I'm sorry, you wearing a bright colored shirt doesn't mean anything to them. They're mm-hmm. listening to what you're saying. They're not looking yeah. at everything else and deciding that you won't fit. And we need to continue to do that. Continue to do that. Did you know that Lowe's CEO was black? 
I think I did know that. I did not know that. So I'll be going to Lowe's instead of Home Depot now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, um, Home, Depot, Home Depot give a lot of their money to the truck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, honestly, people, y'all need to let that go. Because trust me, <laughs> corporations give a lot of money to both sides. They yeah. play both sides to the middle because they want to be on the right end, whoever wins. I feel like there's some that do more than others, though. So um, I, def- I understand. But I think that there are some that, you know, they, they're quick to take our dollars, but they don't, they don't really support us for real. Yeah. And I don't know why anybody give money. I'm, and I'm sorry. I'm tired of dealing with Trump. <laughs> He's just ridiculous. Listen, just he is ridiculous. And honestly, I was thinking the other day, maybe we needed this. Maybe this, I, I hate that somebody had to die for us to yes. get like this, but mm-hmm. maybe this is what the, I, maybe when we got Obama in the White House, we relaxed. Maybe we thought, okay, we got this mm-hmm. now. We got people are understanding now. Mm-hmm. And but that wasn't the case, though. Yeah, for sure. Well, we didn't come out to the polls like we did for Obama. For I mean, I wasn't a huge Hillary supporter either, but we didn't right. definitely come out to the polls the way we did when Obama was doing it. So I don't know if we relaxed right. and thought right. that we had it or what happened. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe this is what we needed to kick our asses and say, hey. And I'm not talking about just African Americans. I'm talking society as a everybody. general. Everybody, yeah, society that, as a whole, because everybody you, has their exactly, own thing that they have to do with it. If mm-hmm. you relax, this is when evil comes in. When mm-hmm. you sit down and kind of go, okay, we're just gonna chill a little bit. We evil still can come because if you would have told me, I don't know how long you've been in office, but if you'd have told me in the middle of Obama's um, president that we'd be sitting here right now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. I would have right. never believed that someone mm-hmm. with this moral character would be leading mm-hmm. our country right now. Would leading our country. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And, and there's been some bad presidents. I mean, you right. probably don't remember Reagan. He was awful. For <laughs> African Americans. He was and I ain't gonna lie, Re- Reagan, you why y'all get mad. Reagan was a racist. I don't care what you mm-hmm. say. Straight up mm-hmm. racist. Mm-hmm. Um and he wasn't as bad as what's going on right now. Yeah. Well, Trump has, I mean, I think the other day, I, and I, I really don't want to get on a Trump conversation because he don't deserve my breath. But I mean, I was definitely listening to some things that he had said before even being president. It's like, oh my gosh, like how did you even get into office being that you were saying these type things? But well, we just have to get out and we have to vote. And please, people understand that voting is not just presidential. We have to ensure that we're voting locally because a lot of the rules changes, a lot of stuff, it starts from the bottom before it can even get up to presidency. So voting locally is very important. Um, I know we're recording this podcast a little bit earlier than when it's going to be aired, but the today is, was, today is the actual today day is that people the, are voting. Yes, yeah. voting day. So the ninth, and I hope that everybody got out to their polls. There was a lot of what they're calling voting suppression, which means they they are doing whatever, not, I won't say they, but there's been a lot of technical difficulties, issues, lines, all kinds of stuff with the voting process. And I know that a lot of people are feeling that it's, it's trying to make them hinder us from voting, but y'all just continue to stay patient, keep, keep, the, keep the pressure on. And I think for me, that's what I'm trying to do is do whatever I can to keep the pressure on. And for everybody, just for our listeners, I know that this was not a running podcast today. Um, but I think that it is, it was 
it would have been in, in just it would have not been good good service for us to definitely not talk about this but i think that we all have a place in change whether that be educating yourself whether you're a person that wants to go on the front line and protest, whether you're the person that has the deep pockets and you can you can give money, uh, whether you're that person that can that's good on social media, you can speak on social media, you can repost things, you can do that. Or if you're the person that can go into the schools to educate kids or whatever, whatever your situation is, I think everyone has a place in change and you just have to find the niche for you. And if being sucked up into all this is, is too overwhelming for you is you don't have to go online and and kind of prove what you've done that is do the work behind the scenes and it will show and i just think you know as long as you're reaching one person you're doing something to educate yourself better than yesterday you will be in a better place and i think we have to also have to realize that this these protests and everything that's going on is also in the midst of a pandemic and I think that that's what we're also negating is the stress of all this is already enough. But being that it's in a pandemic, people have lost their jobs. People are really unemployed. Some people are really struggling. It's already uncomfortable because our lives have been changed upside down to wearing masks, can't go certain places, can't see friends and family because of certain reasons. And obviously, well, not certain reasons, but because of the pandemic. And we just have to really understand that it's a lot going on at one time. So do whatever you can to stay healthy process whatever you however you need to process it and remember we can't let up we got to keep pushing most definitely um i don't think black people ever let up in some level i know i don't yeah. ever in some level never let up from you know and i mean you know my dad had every reason to be a very racist person he had every reason to be from all the stuff he had to deal with and don't get me wrong my dad has said he, he's had some some crazy mm -hmm. stuff before, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. he always tried to teach me to not be that way. He, he right. always wanted to expose me to other people, but, you mm -hmm. know, because we happened to live in an area where on one side was, you know, the African-American community, the other exactly. side was the white, white community. Um, mm -hmm. And I played with both. And, and, and to be honest with you, because I lived next to a golf course and we used to go play on the golf course or away from where they were hitting, of course. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times those two communities met on that golf course, played football, mm -hmm. you know, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And my dad loved it. Um, so that's kind of the way I've always been. I try my best to not mm -hmm. get upset. I have a very bad temper. I know most people don't think I do because I'm very <laughs> calm now, but I have an awful, mm -hmm. awful, awful temper. And right. I try to control it and try to educate. Yeah, you know, and that's what's important. Um, you know, there might be, you know, black people at my job that don't like me because I'm trying to explain to them, hey, you can't just be mad. You got to mm -hmm. do more than just be mad. You got to right. do something about it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, don't get upset because of something somebody said to you. Maybe educate them and teach them, hey, this is actually how my family grew up. And it's right. just as good a heritage as the way your family grew up. Definitely. And I think that that's what's important, that is that we not only need to be having more conversations within amongst each other with other black and brown individuals, but we need to be having these conversations with people other than us. Mm -hmm. And just giving them an understanding and helping them to hear and listen to what our experiences are. And I think that we cannot, and I think even on this podcast, we don't, we can't underestimate 
the power of a story or mm -hmm. learning someone's journey or experience like that tells a lot about yeah. a person what they've gone through what they've overcome it tells so much about the person and it kind of gives you an understanding of what made them who they are and i think when it comes to injustice and 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 racism it's the same way like i think if people were to be more open-minded and to hear other people's story and what they're going through it would be a different it would just be different and we just have to do more of that so yes yeah. we do have to educate our allies and just ensure that we're communicating with them have an open dialogue i don't feel as if we need to um we i think we have to be cognizant of because i know for me i'm getting a lot of messages on you know what do I do? And people prove, you know, white people proving to me that they're doing things and doing this. And I'm like, that's great. Continue it. But you don't have to prove it to me. There's so much more work that we have to do. And we have to put our energy into educating ourselves. Yeah, so definitely yeah. continue putting the work in. Hey, y'all, don't let India fool you. India is, is she is a leader of the black community. Y'all keep, <laughs> keep emailing her and asking what y'all need to do. Because India's got the checkbook like, okay, so... Timmy Smith, right, I'm gonna check you off. Okay. Whatever. No, I mean, I appreciate it. I don't want that to sound like I don't appreciate the messages because I do. I do appreciate mm -hmm. it, but I think it's just, and I, I appreciate anybody reposting messages that I've sent, reposting graphics that I've made, you know, communicating to me. Like, I appreciate it because it makes me feel like the people that are following me and love me. Uh, regardless of if it's me personally or just kind of my social media personality, whatever the heck if you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate it. But I just know that for me, there's a lot going on right now. And you proving to me, prove to me by doing it without like, you don't have to like say it all. So for me, I'm like, okay, I got you, girl. Go ahead. Keep going. That's mm -hmm. great. But I will answer questions. I will communicate with you. I've been doing that a lot. I will answer questions. I will give things. There's people that have been asking me lists of things. I've been trying to find it, informational organizations. So I definitely will do that because I feel like it's my place. But I feel like don't feel bad if response isn't quick enough or if I'm not responding because there's a lot coming. <laughs> there's exactly. a lot coming. And so, honestly, I all I ever ask of anybody is just listen. When you don't agree, because to me, there's nothing wrong with having an opinion and your opinions don't have to match. Mm -hmm. I think that's the problem today is that if my opinion don't match with your opinion, I don't want to talk to you. Right. That's not what, that's not what this, this is about. You can have another opinion, but listen to people with other opinions. Like right. talk. You may learn something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even Bryson and I have been taking the time to even listen to some of the black conservatives. I'll just call them that, um, that don't agree with, us as black people they may look like us but they don't agree with us mm -hmm. we've we've been even taking the time to listen to some of them just to hear their perspective you know just like let mm -hmm. me see how you're thinking let me see your perspective and although i might not agree with you and after i get done listening to you talk i might be raging and upset but it's always good to hear people's perspective and see where they're coming from because some stuff may make sense and it, it, you know, it may not everything, but there could be nuggets of what people are saying that may make sense to you. Mm -hmm. and, it, and someday it may click to you. You never know. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's good. And I mean, another thing that I've been hearing on some of these podcasts is get out of the echo chamber because, because of the algorithms that are set up on Facebook and Instagram, I don't know about, I don't know much about Twitter, so I'm not sure how theirs works. I guess Twitter is just who you follow, but because of the way the algorithm algorithms are set up, you see what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. So, 
more than likely your Facebook is not going to show you someone who has a different opinion of yours. Mm -hmm. Most of the stuff that you're going to see is the same exact thing that you believe in. And right. that is kind of part of the problem because you nowadays, if you really wanted to, you could just talk to, especially now that everybody's working from home, you could deal with only people that agree with you if you really wanted to. And that's not right. great. You need to talk to people who disagree with you. You mm -hmm. need to have open and honest conversations. And that's what this is all about right now. Right, right. Yes, I, I totally agree. And I just, as long as they're, for me, it's as long as they're respectful conversations. And, you know, I think that we, I love a good debate. I know sometimes I talk loud when I get in a debate, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not arguing, but I just get passionate about what I'm saying. But I love a good debate. And when I say debate, meaning me expressing my side, you expressing your side, and they may be different. Um, but I think that that's where we grow and we learn because we're able to say, well, what about this? Because I'm big on being a devil's advocate. My mom says I, I should have been a lawyer, but I, there's times where I'll just challenge somebody on what they have to say just to see kind of really where their thought process is. And if, if they've thought through what they're saying, like, have mm -hmm. you thought through what you just said? And when you challenge the opposite end of it, it really makes people to think about what they said. And it, you could be agreeing with them. But I think when you challenge someone, it helps them to kind of pull back and say, you know what, maybe I should think about what I said. So I think yeah. it is, I think it is very healthy as long as it's in a positive and productive and, and respectful way. And you also, I mean, I know a lot of times when I'm just having conversations just out, just talking to people, I learn a lot of stuff sometimes because a lot of, you know, us, you know, have our opinions and kind of assume, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of in line because of the, the echo chamber that is social media. I'm kind of in line with everybody else. And then you mm -hmm. get to talk to somebody else that has a different one, not evil, you know, not an argument, just talk to them. It's really interesting um, what you'll learn. Yes, for sure. And hopefully we as podcast hosts can start to uh, foster more communication with people that may be a little different than us. Um, and we can start to have those open, that open dialogue or even people that are the same as us, like, you know, black and brown people that may have different views. Hopefully we can start to have those type conversations so that the dialogue can be had and, you know, people can just start to have a better open mind. Yeah. What's that's crazy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anita. Now I would say that's my goal. <laughs> What's crazy. While we've been doing this podcast, I have counted at least four different emails that have flashed across of different companies with their statement for black lives matter. Yeah. Like literally while we've been talking, it's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Yep. It is. They're coming left and right. So, so, and I mean, like, I mean, for someone like me, I'm sorry. I, you can call it empty words, whatever. That stuff never happened. Trust me, when they beat, um, beat down, uh, what's the guy in LA? I'm sorry. His name just slipped my mind. Uh, the gentleman that got the, the first big video of someone being beaten by the police in LA. Gardner? No, this is years ago. The, the, oh. the, there were riots or protests. Anyway, I can't believe his name is actually slipping my mind right now. But anyway, it was years ago. Um, trust me, there were no corporations coming out saying the police were bad. There was nobody coming out and defending anybody uh, that, that was talking about police brutality, even though in L.A. it had been a running joke forever about how the police would treat African-Americans. Um, 
and to see how many co corporations are bringing out. And, and you know, that is the power of the black dollar. That's really has a lot to do with it because they don't want to upset yeah. their patrons so they don't want to lose our dollar and they i mean they don't want to lose the white dollar either because i feel like there's a lot of companies that are saying stuff now because they know that there are a lot of our allies that are or yeah that, that will follow us that will follow us and say you know what so you don't want to release this type statement we're not buying from you either and that's going to cripple their companies and unfortunately there are some companies that are doing it just because of that and there's some companies that genuinely care yeah so. i mean you're right some are just doing it for lip service that is true mm -hmm. but if you wouldn't even got lip lip service in the 80s period nobody right. they wouldn't have cared so yep. um that's why i personally am loving this right now I hear you. Mm -hmm. We're on a good track. And I, I think that, you know, thank you for our listeners for allowing us to get it out <laughs> <laughs> and talk about um, Black Lives Matter and just kind of our perspective on what's everything that's going on. And, you know, we will continue to produce, produce what we can on, you know, our end. Of course, there's some things that have happened in the running world um, over the last two weeks. But, you know, I think that unfortunately, the the um killings of, of of george floyd as well as ahmaud arbery has definitely clouded some of that um the news when it comes to that i mean of course i've definitely seen some people on my pages that that are not you know they're speaking about everything running and they're not acknowledging and that's up to them but the boston marathon has been canceled for 2020 which is a huge deal um, and so that is completely canceled for 2020 and they're going to dictate what it's going to look like for next year. But right now it's completely off the table. Um, there's been a lot of conversation as well in regards to the Chicago marathon and all the fall marathons that have been postponed to the fall or were scheduled for the fall. And it's almost time for these, for people to start training for these marathons. And I know a lot of people are wanting there to be an understanding as to what's going to happen because they don't want um it to just go they don't want to train and then the race not happen so it's been a lot of back and forth in regards to that true true yeah we're, yeah. we're getting close to that time uh yeah. for all these marathons go ahead and train just train get in shape that's what i say i say <laughs> train so you can just be ready yeah that's just be ready time. yeah mm -hmm. don't you if you if you stay ready you don't have to get ready exactly i say definitely train but i understand people not wanting to train and be disappointed as well but if it was me i would just go ahead and train for it um yep. for for local news the race is less than i think they are what 17 they might be at 17 weeks almost 16 weeks away mm -hmm. right now um i'm 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 hoping it's a, a live event it might be a virtual event we don't know yet but i'm hoping it's an event where i can go and line up with the rest of uh, my running family and do yes. it um but if you are going to be running the race it's time to start training yes it's time to start training make sure you do some heel training <laughs> <laughs> most definitely october yes, yes. 3rd is when that's happening yes. mm -hmm. all right well thank you tommy for uh, allowing me to ramble and get all my stuff out get all the thoughts out that i had i greatly appreciate it oh why are you thinking me it's your podcast you say it whatever you want. i'm just saying it's our podcast oh. okay so y'all we don't actually do like we literally talk like 15 minutes before we get ready to do this to say what we're going to talk about but
But India, like, sends me this email. Well, I just think, like, she's been thinking about it for, like, a, a day, I guess. I just think we should talk about it. All right. Talk. I mean, because I was going to talk about it anyway. But right. I wasn't, I mean, because we usually just say what we're going to say 15 minutes earlier, that's when I was going to like, look, I'm going to talk about the George Floyd thing and my feelings and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I think my reaching out was more so, I just didn't want, I guess my heart has been very heavy over the last couple of weeks. And for me, I know we talked about Ahmaud Arbery and I, I just feel, I know we didn't, we talked about it, but I know that within that same episode, we had a lot of running stuff going on. And I don't want to overshadow the things that are going on in the world right now by the running stuff. And not saying that running is not important and we are running podcasts, but I just feel like be. It, we, I didn't want to do any dis- disservice to it. So I just wanted to let you know. And I know some people are a little bit more passive about what's going on right now because they're like, this has been going on for several years. This is nothing new. Whereas for me, I'm like, let's go. I'm, fi- I'm fired up to talk about it. So I just want to ensure that, that, you know, we did a service to our listeners so that they could listen to how we feel and are educated on things as well. Um, and just be a good word to people that are using us as an educational piece. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I definitely, because uh, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and I've been disappointed in a couple of them. That Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, this, what's going on right now is not something just in the African-American community. This is going right. on through, across the nation, across the world. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I don't see how you can, can sit and have a conversation mm-hmm. across these airways and not talk about it, regardless of what your podcast is about. Mm-hmm. So there's been some podcasts that I do listen to on the regular that I've been disappointed in that they have not at least uh, dedicated a segment. Are they black podcasts? No, I don't care if you're black or white podcast. How can you not talk about this? I'm it, just it, asking yeah. because I know that there are some white people that don't feel comfortable talking about it because they don't want to offend and like things like that. I've just, I would just ask because I mm-hmm. know that there are some people that haven't said anything don't want to say anything because they don't want to step on any toes and say anything wrong because they're not fully educated and they also don't see how we see it so they rather not say anything and the silence to me is is worse than anything that's my feelings mm-hmm. not saying that that's right but I definitely feel like there probably are some people companies podcasts all that out there that are not saying anything because they don't want to say anything wrong or yeah. they don't agree. There are some podcasts that probably don't agree. So there could be people that's out here that have big platforms and they don't agree with what's going on. They feel as if he should have died. Like there's, you know, we have to think about that too. Like it, not, it may not be silence because they don't know what to say. Some people might agree with what's going on because we do have a percentage of people in the world that are still like that. Yeah, but still, it's regardless if you, I mean, anybody that, well, I, you know, if it's a hometown, I call us a mom and pop podcast. But, you know, if you're a big commercial podcast, once again, I don't understand because you you have sponsors. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming some of your sponsors probably have made statements. Maybe you should make one, too. Yep. And we can get there. We can be big like them, too, as long as we continue to get the love and support of all of our loyal listeners. Thank you, everyone, because we can become that big podcast that's also being sponsored because we have good words to say as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Correct. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was just saying, yeah, I have been disappointed in, in some that I, I listen to on the regular. And I'm just like, really? Y'all, y'all I mean, I've been disappointed of some of the companies saying things, but <sighs> 
Yeah. I will but go as I may. Yeah, but you know, I, I probably won't listen to them as heartily as I used to since they decided <laughs> they won't say nothing. So right. <laughs> and oh, you ain't got, has oh, their own You ain't got nothing I, to say? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, same. So. Same. I might even write a letter to somebody. I don't know. That's how right. much stuff I got. Like, oh, you ain't got nothing to say? Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't want to be that guy. I'm not I'm not headhunting for people. You know, everybody. Well, sometimes people need to know. Well, this is a free country, though. It's a free yeah. country, and that's the whole point. That's that we get to protest because this is a free country. So, you know, yeah. I can't and get And sometimes people need to know how it can come across. Because I think that people, I, I legitimately feel that there sometimes are just like naive people in the world. Like, I, I, I know that some people say that that would be a naive for me to think like that, but I think that there legitimately are people that just don't get it. It doesn't go through. It doesn't, they don't give it, they don't understand it. And sometimes they're like, oh, well, let's just not talk about it. Let's just not, because everybody else is talking about it. And I know that happens too. Everybody's like, well, everybody else is talking about it. Let's do something different. Mm-hmm. But instead it can be seen as yeah. ins- insensitive. So, yeah. And I, I mean, and people, I want everybody to understand, you know, post about your post about your kids or post about your day like you used to. You can do that and ain't nobody going to come at you. You know what I mean? I mean, well, people you know, come at people, but I ain't gonna yeah, lie. but I'm just saying yeah. you we shouldn't be because people should be allowed to to com- decompress, want. decompress. But everybody like, is processing the way that they want to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, and you don't know, you know, you don't know what they're doing beyond their Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Facebook or whatever, but you know, I just I, I don't want yeah I don't want head hunting, and that's why I've been kind of cool with it, it, even when people haven't said what I would heard hope they said. And then also on the other end, I've been surprised by some podcasts that I didn't think would talk about it and had mm-hmm. very you know good things. Well, they've reported it more than they had good things to say, I guess. But then that's a way they, to stay neutral. And but the way they reported it, I liked. It was yeah. a, it was I liked the way they actually reported it and their opinions that they gave and that sort of thing. Gotcha. All right. Well, we know how we're going to go forward. And hopefully we'll have some uh, running excitement over the next two weeks and things may or may not change, but we will go from there. Yes, indeed. I mean, if all y'all can, if that many people got together for a protest, we can hold a marathon. So let's go ahead. And do it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that should be the argument for every marathon. Okay. Did you see well, this? We're going to see. <laughs> did, you, did you see this? And yeah. just to let y'all know, if you're watching the news talking about the spikes is because of the protests, no. It had, takes about 7 to 14 days for those numbers and tests to come in. And what we need to realize is that this, the current spikes is because of the Memorial Day weekend of all the states opening up. It had yeah. nothing to do with the protests. If you want to yeah. talk about it in a couple weeks, then that could be something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. So. All right. All so. That was episode 60, our 60th episode anniversary. 60. Yes, 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 yes. What's, what's 60? I want to say 60 is 60. All right. Okay, how can they reach you, India? Um, you can find me at mouthsfromindia at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at I underscore of underscore indigo, which is E-N-D-I-G-O underscore runs. Um, or you can find me on Facebook at India Cook. And you can get me at tmitch68 on Instagram, Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two, at gmail.com. All right. We will see y'all in two weeks. Y'all be safe. Do what you can and stay positive. It's the best way you can. Peace.